Has he been good to you? Has he blessed you? Has he ministered to you? Oh, y'all are mighty quiet tonight. Amen. You've had too much pumpkin pie, turkey and dressing and ham and all that kind of stuff. Amen. Do you know G? I like G. Praise God. Don't you look at your neighbor and tell them, Amen, God's been good to me. Tell them, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. Oh, has he been good to you now? Well, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. Wait just a minute. Brother Jaden, run up here and get on these drums. Your daddy abandoned me. Get up here and run. Run, run, run. Run fast. Get on them drums. Praise God. Now, has God been good to you? We're going to get it together tonight before it's all over. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. Help me. Well, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. What he's done for me. Sing that again. Well, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. What the Lord has done for me. Well, he filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's what he's done for me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's what he's done for me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's what he's done Well, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. Now hold on just a moment. Put some volume in that keyboard. Turn the volume up on the singers. Turn them all up. Everybody out here going to sing tonight before it's over with. Now look at your other neighbor and tell him, I don't know what you came to do, but I came to have church tonight. Now, did you come to have church? Oh, hallelujah. Are you in G? Now let's sing it, Brother Chris. What he's done for me, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. What he's done for me. Oh yes. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. Brother Kevin, hop on the bass for a Come on, has he been good to you? Well, he filled me with the Holy Ghost. 
catch what he's done for me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's what he's done for me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's what he's done for me. What he's done for me. Well, you don't know like I know what he's done for me. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. done for me. Yes, has he ever healed you? He healed your sick body. That's what he's done for me. He healed my sick body. That's what he's done for me. He healed my body. That's what he's done for me. Oh, come on, let's worship him. me. Well, he filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's what he's done for me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's what he's done for me. Oh, he filled me with Come on, the Holy sing it to it. That's what he's done for me. Oh, yes. You don't know like I know what is done for me, what the Lord has done for me. Oh, he filled me with the Holy Ghost, that's what he's done for me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost, what is done for me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost, that's what he's done for me. a hand clap in this place. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, praise his holy name. Come on, he's worthy. You can have a revival tonight if you make up in your mind. I need a touch from him.
give the Lord a hand clap in this place. I worship you today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, my, my, my. Praise God. The presence of the Lord is in here. Amen. You want to know how I know? Because he hadn't. He inhabits the praises of his people. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise him tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can make your way back to your seats this evening. My, it's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. We miss Sunday and we forget about how to have church, don't we? Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise his holy name. Hallelujah. 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 I give honor today to this faithful group of people that have gathered at Praise Temple Apostolic Church, each and every one of you. Amen. We're blessed to be in the house of the Lord today. Praise God. Watched a video today how in India man started a prayer meeting with 24 people, two dozen people. And now it's a church of 30,000 people that meet every morning at 4.30 a.m. Having hours and hours of prayer. And on Sunday it's an all-day event until 8 o'clock in the evening. Let me tell us Americans, it's time we wake up and have church. Let me say it again. It's time we wake up and have church. It's time we have revival. It's time we let the Holy Ghost move. Amen. And how do we do that? We move. Praise the Lord. We move. I don't know about you, but I want to move for the Lord today in this day and hour that we're living in. Praise God. Amen. If you would, we're going to go to the Word of God. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 3. Very familiar passage of Scripture. I've preached this many times, but as I went into my study, God began to speak to me about something I, I actually ministered on about a week ago, a little over a week ago. You know, it's easy to lose track of time over the holidays. I have some unfinished messages that need to be preached that God has spoken into my heart. One of them is the spirits of the age. I never did get finished with that, but God wants me to finish it, and I'm going to finish that. The next one has to do much with the scripture that we're going to read and are hearing in a moment. I want to tell this church as you're finishing turning there this. That January 1st through the 6th. Revival is going to start. Now the evangelist is not going to be here. But that don't matter. Because we're going into a mode of Revival. Matter of fact, it's going to be a change for 2024. And I want to explain this. We are entering into the new year, January 1st through the 6th, with six days of prayer and consecration. I'm asking this church, if you would, 
to please set aside some days if you would like to take all of these days and fast something on these days. You don't take all of these days, you pick out something or some part of these days and fast, whether it's the first day or the fifth day or the sixth day or all of them, please set aside this time for a time of prayer and consecration to the Lord. We are going to continue with prayer meetings on Saturday because God has been moving mightily in this place in prayer meetings. If you've been in these prayer meetings, why don't you give the Lord a hand and clap this evening. Praise God. We have had some phenomenal, phenomenal times in prayer meeting and God has moved. And I believe as we enter into revival in this time, in prayer revival and fasting revival and then with Brother David Bryan coming, I'm believing that God is going to move some things in people's lives. I believe that some of your lost loved ones are going to receive the Holy Ghost in this revival. No, y'all don't believe it with me. I said, I believe that God is going to move some of your lost loved ones into a place of salvation during this revival. No, y'all don't believe me tonight. I believe that some of the ones that we have called their names out for years are going to pray through to the Holy Ghost in this revival. I believe your lost sons and daughters are coming home. I believe you're going to see your children saved. I believe your spouse is going to get the Holy Ghost in this revival. I believe the miracle that you've been looking for in your life is going to transpire in this revival. Amen. But it's imperative that you get hold of God and you set aside some time and let's have a time of prayer and consecration and let's break some yokes in our life. Let's turn loose of some habits in our life. Amen. Let's turn our phones off for about six days. Oh, come on. I'm asking you to shut your Facebook account down for about six days. Get off of YouTube, turn off Instagram, and get off Google and Twitter and all that kind of stuff, and let's have church. Come on, I said let's have church. It's time to have church. We're going to let the Lord set a tone of revival in this place, and God is going to move mightily today. Amen in this house. Amen, in this day that we're in, I'm believing it today with everything that I have. Amen, I've got a great expectancy. That's what I'm going to be preaching about today. Acts 3, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Amen, I'm battling my voice tonight, so y'all just pray with me. I'm going to do a lot of teaching, maybe a little preaching, but we're going to let the Lord have his way. Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called Beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms. And Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, 
But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up immediately. His feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple. Walking and leaping and praising God. How many know that it's time to get people into the temple? Amen. I want to give you some instruction tonight on how to get people to church. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to preach on this topic tonight or teach, however it may come out. The power of our expectation. The power of our expectation. I have been ministering on this. I said I believe the last time that I preach but God will not let me lose seven and I'm going to minister some more let the Lord minister if we could praise God would you ask the Lord to bless this today Lord we come before you today in the name of Jesus believing you Lord that you're going to touch God that you're going to move and minister Lord Jesus that you're going to give us some instruction tonight Lord that we could see revival in our homes and we could see the authority of God moving Lord, in the name of Jesus, I bind every devil that would try to stop service, every devil that would try to hinder our loved ones from coming to the house. And I'm believing you today, God, for a sovereign move of God in this day and hour. Lord, we ask you that you would pour out of your spirit, Lord, in this last day a mighty great revival. We ask you this in Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated today. Hallelujah. Would you believe me if I said I'm going to try not to be long? Doesn't mean I'm not going to be long. It just means I'm going to try not to be long. Amen. Scripture tells us here in the word. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple. At what time? Someone help me. The hour of prayer. Not the moment of prayer, not the minute of prayer, amen, not that short prayer service that we have before church time, not that prayer that we pray before we receive our chicken McNuggets, amen. I'm talking about the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, let me break this into layman's terms, it was 3 o'clock p.m. in the evening. Some would say, well, that's an inconvenient time. That's all right. That's the, 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 the days were broken into watches. And at 3 o'clock in the evening, that was considered the hour of prayer. And it's interesting to note this, that these men, Peter and John, were not heading to supper. They were not on their way to Walmart. They were not going to the strip mall. They were not going to the market. They were not on their way to work. They were not going fishing. Amen. They were not going hunting. They was not going to all the places that we would go to. They were going into the temple at the hour of prayer. Amen. They were not on their way to so many other places that they could have legitimized in their daily routine or their busy schedule. We live today, amen, in such a busy time and a daily routine of busyness, we are coming and we are going. We are doing, we are buying, we are selling. Amen. We are absolutely the busiest people in the world. But I want to ask us today personally, if we could 
internalize this message today. What are we doing for the kingdom of God? What are we accomplishing for his purpose? What is God working in us to bring about revival in this day and hour? Amen. I want to preach to us for a moment and tell us today that I know the heartbeat of God. And the heartbeat of God is to see lost souls saved. That's the heartbeat of God. Amen. Our heartbeat ought to match his heartbeat. Amen. It ought to match beat for beat that we desire to see people saved. And we desire to see people filled with the Holy Ghost. And tonight I'm going to be honest before us all. I want to tell you today that if there is no internal drive going on on the inside of you that is pushing you into a place that you are concerned for lost people, you need to find an altar before the Lord and you need to lay your face and lay your body upon the altar and realize this, that you're too busy doing too many things in your life because God wants us to tap into his heartbeat and his heartbeat is reaching lost people let me tell you something we have beautified sin today we have called uh, uh, adultery affairs Uh, we we have called a, a, a homosexual lifestyle we have called it a different lifestyle we we, we, we have legitimized sin in our life and we have belittled sin and we have taken away the potency and the, the discrepancy and the hardness of, of even the very sound of sin. But today I'm going to be honest before you. and I'm going to give you something to think about. God has been pouring this out upon me. If your children are not living for God, they're lost. If your husband, if your wife is not living for God, they're lost. If they're not coming to the house of God, listening to the word of God, and participating with the body, forsaking the assembling together of the saints, I want you to know they're in trouble. I'm preaching today to a congregation that needs to understand it's time for revival. It's time that we see the power of God. living today where Christians are unconcerned about all that God wants and all that God desires and it has become about our desire I didn't mean to preach all this tonight but I'm preaching to us today and I'm letting us know this Amen. that if we're not careful in this moment of time we'll miss the heartbeat of God Amen. I, I want you to know that Jesus is coming and I mean he's coming so quickly that it ought, to, it ought to strike fear into the heart of the sinner. Amen. And it ought to strike an awareness in the heart of the saint. Amen. That we understand that you're living in the waning moments of a dispensation of time. The Lord is talking right now. I'm not. Amen. I want you to know today. Amen. That God wants to wake us up and to let us know that it's time for revival. It's time for the authority of God. It's time for the power. I can have no off services now. I can have no downtime anymore. I've taken enough breaks in my life. Amen. It's time to have church. It's time to let God move. It's time that men and women become convicted of sin. I've got to tap into the heartbeat of God. Amen. Peter and John were heading into the temple at the hour of prayer. They were on their way to pray. Because it was time for prayer. I'm going to submit to the church today. 
that it's time to pray, not play. Amen. Can I preach to, to me and you too? Amen. We've had enough playing. It's time for praying. Amen. We have worried about things and stressed about things and Amen. We have gone through things and we have battled things and, and, and we, have, we have faced a thousand different things. Now let me tell us this. It's time that we the church pray. Amen. Because when the church gets hold of the throne room of heaven, something happens. Amen. Our lost family members come back to the house of God. Our lost family is saved. People into, into a, a covenant agreement with God. Amen. When people make up their mind, they're going to live for God. Peter and John were on their way to pray. Amen. Because it was time for prayer. Paul told the church in Rome, he said, and that knowing the time, we know the scripture by heart, now that it is high time. Everyone say high time. Amen. That means that is now time. Amen. It's past time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. And Paul goes on to say, that night is far spent. The day is at hand. Amen. Folks, this is the hour that God wants to move in. This is the hour that God is calling us into revival. And I want you to know that you were a blessed generation. You were a chosen generation. He's chosen you to be a part of the greatest revival I believe that the earth has ever seen. I believe in the last day that God is going to move throughout cities and counties and communities and families. And you're going to see revival at city parks and at town halls. I believe in today that God is sending revival. This is the hour that God wants to move in. It's the hour of prayer. The hour of revival. The hour of outreach and evangelism. It's time. Everybody say it's time. Amen. I believe that when Peter and John went up to prayer, they approached that place with an expectancy. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to have y'all Help me preach. So please forgive me if this gets on your nerves because I want you to know that your nerves are just flesh. Amen. That's all it is. It gets on my nerves. So that bothers you because it's flesh. Amen. I believe that they entered into a place of prayer with an expectancy. Everybody say expectancy. You ever lived in expectancy? I see it creep over people about vacation time. Y'all will get that here in a minute. I can tell the week before your vacation hits. I see smiles creep across people's faces. Yeah. People start getting happy. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, you get excited because, I mean, you deserve a break today at McDonald's. I mean, we, we get excited because we know Amen, that I'm going to take some time off and I'm going to relieve some stress and I'm going to enjoy myself for a little while. Amen, I want to tell us today this. Amen, that it's time not only for, it's not, it's not only time for a vacation, it's time for revival. It's time for revival in the hearts and the souls and the minds of men. It's time for revival that'll shake people to the point that he will cause you to pray. Amen, I want to tell the church, it's prayer time, it's prayer time, it's prayer time. Hallelujah. 
they approach that place of prayer with an expectancy. Something's going to happen. Something's going to transpire. God's going to move. Something's going to take place. I know that it is. I know it's going to happen. Amen. Let me give us a word today. Why? Why did they approach that place with a place? An attitude of expectancy. I'm going to explain it. Amen. Because in Matthew 2 and 22, Jesus took his disciples aside. And he said, verily I say unto you. Amen. Let me give us some, some teaching, some understanding. Amen. That word verily. I, I've studied this word many years. Amen. Many, many years. And I have said verily is basically verily or very importantly. And very importantly. Amen. I begin to do some research today. Amen. And looking Verily, I just looked the word up, verily. Amen. Verily, translated into Hebrew, is amen. How about that? Translate that, that word back into English. What is that? So be it. So when Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. He was saying, so be it. So be it. You must be born again of the water and of spirit. And I want you to know, amen, that that, amen, that word was laid out. And from that moment on, amen, when that dispensation came into being, amen, God's word could not be broken. Why? Because God declared, so be it. So be it. Amen. When we pray, how do we end our prayer? Amen. What is amen? So be it. So Jesus said, so be it. I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it shall be done. And all things Whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Everybody say, if I ask for it, I'm to receive it. Oh, amen. So be it. He said, all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. Verily I say unto you these things. Amen. Did you know that prayer without faith and expectancy is a complete drudgery? I'm tapping into some things tonight. Prayer without an expectancy of God moving on your behalf is an absolute drudgery. Now, let's talk about it for a moment. How many dread going into prayer? How many battle your flesh with prayer? Oh, i got to pray again. Time to crucify the flesh. Time to lay before God. Time to get before Him at an altar. Amen. I, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to make myself do this. Let me tell you something. You have come into a place of drudgery instead of expectancy in your prayer life. Amen. I'm touching us all, ain't I? 
I mean, if your, if your prayer life is a drudgery, I'm tapping into this. I want you to know that you're not living in faith. You're not walking in faith. You are not behaving in faith. Because if you really believed that God would reward your prayer with action, you would run into the prayer room. Oh, that's right. We would have to fight people away from the altars. Brother Kevin, you want to know why there's 30,000 people, amen, that are causing traffic jams in India going to an altar of prayer? Because they're living with an expectancy. Amen. And believing that God is going to move on their family's behalf, on their children's behalf, on their husband's behalf, on their wife's behalf, on the community's behalf, on the city's behalf. I'm here to tell you today, when you get out of drudgery and you get into faith, you'll approach the altar completely different. Prayer without faith and expectancy is a complete drudgery. You can gauge where you stand spiritually. Not only by your prayer life, but by your attitude of a prayer life. I'm not preaching condemning today. I'm not. I'm preaching encouraging. I'm trying to let us know today, amen, that God gave us a thermometer, an internal thermometer. Amen. Put inside of us to, to let us realize that if, if, if I'm approaching God at an attitude of drudgery, if I'm coming before Him in conversation, amen, with an attitude of drudgery, I'm lukewarm or cold. But if I'm coming to an altar with an attitude of expectancy, an attitude of revival, an attitude of authority, an attitude of God moving, an attitude of what God wants to do, I want you to know, amen, you'll be the line to the prayer room. You'll run to the prayer hall. You'll beat a line into your prayer altar. I'm here to tell you today, it's time to pray and not play. It's time to get excited with a spirit and an attitude of expectancy in the day and hour. Oh, I'm telling you today, you got to get hold of this. Mothers of children, that are not here today. I want you to hear me today. If your children are not going to church, if they're not listening to a preacher, if they're not praying, if they haven't given their life to the Lord, your children, amen, are bound for hell. Do you hear what I'm saying? Husbands and wives, if your spouse is not in the house of God, if your spouse is not living kingdom principles, if your spouse is not filled with the Holy Ghost, I want you to know they're living for the world instead of living for themselves. And according to the word of God, they are lost. And if that doesn't drive you into an altar, I wonder what will. I'm here to tell you today, it's time to pray and not play. It's time to get excited. It's time to believe with an oh God. Of what God wants to do in the day and hour that we're living in. It's time to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peter and John approached that place of prayer. They did it with an expectancy. 
Amen. Let me tell us today, prayer fueled by expectancy is a mountain mover. Amen. Do you hear what I'm saying? Prayer fueled by faith and expectancy will move mountains. Amen. Something's going to happen. Something's going to transpire. Somebody's going to get saved. Somebody's going to receive the miracle. I'm talking about, amen, with an attitude of expectancy in your prayer life. Amen. I've preached this a thousand times, but I want our elders to understand. You need to have an attitude, amen, and a prayed up prayer life that when you lay hands on somebody, cancers are healed in the name of Jesus and the dead get up out of the grave. I'm preaching today under authority. I'm telling you today it's time that we, the church, come alive. It's time that we, the church, make a stance. It's time that we, the church, get excited about what God is doing. I listen, and I know I've made mention of this before. Amen. There was a radio preacher. We call him a radio preacher because he had broadcast. Brother Kevin would help me remember his name. He would say, you don't need all that. All you need is faith in God. R.W. Shambach. I was listening to that old uh, preacher. He said he was preaching faith one day, preaching it to his congregation. And he said people were getting hold of it. He said, I could see them getting hold of it. He said, man, they were getting excited. He said he went home from church. And he said he got a call from the hospital. And they said, we need you to come down and get hold of this guy from your church. And they said, what's wrong? He said, well, he went down into the morgue. He said he's laying hands on dead bodies that are in the morgue. This really happened. He said, well, what's happening? They said, they're getting up. He said, why do you want him to stop? I'm preaching to us today. I'm telling you the apostolic church, the Holy Ghost filled church, the Jesus name church. We ought to be laying hands on the sick and watching them recover in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Revival just wasn't for days gone by and generations past. Amen. I know today that we are preaching about many people that we call their names. Amen. One in particular raised over 21 people from the dead. Amen. I'm telling you today that God wants to move, but he's not going to do it without prayer. You hear what I'm telling you today? Amen. You got to pray with an expectancy and not just a dead, dry, dull prayer. I'm talking about praying with an expectancy that you believe that something is going to happen. Amen. Something's going to transpire. Expectancy will put you in the prayer room. Drudgery will slay your spirit and destroy your prayer life. I'm preaching the truth to us today. So now we have expectancy. Headed to the prayer meeting. I like this. Here's two men with an expectant spirit. Something's going to happen. Something's going to transpire. God is going to move. Amen. And then in verse number two, the Bible tells us, and a certain man came, amen, lame from his mother's womb. Amen. The problem was deep-seated. I want us to understand this today. We, if we're not careful, we will confine God to a headache healer. Amen. 
like a daily dose of ibuprofen that will ease our pain for a while. Amen. That is how we limit God in our lives. That if he could just ease the pain for a little while. If he, if he could make me feel better for a little while. If he, if he could ease the suffering for a little while. Let me tell us today. We serve the mighty God. I serve the God that spoke heavens into existence. I, oh, I'm preaching today about a God that parted the Red Sea and the Jordan River. A God that brought fire down and consumed the altar. That's the same God that we serve. There was a certain lame man from his mother's womb. Amen. So we've got an expected people headed to a prayer meeting. Now we've got a certain man lame from his mother's womb. Amen. The problem here was deep-seated. This man's problem didn't happen overnight. Amen. It didn't just happen. It wasn't just an accident from the week prior. Amen. This was not just something that transpired a year or two ago. This man was lame from his mother's womb. Carried. Amen. Whom they lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. I want to tell us today, it doesn't matter how deep-seated your problems are. God is able to minister to your problem. You're not too far gone for God to heal you, to bless you, to change you, to resurrect you. Amen. To do something phenomenal in your life. The only thing that limits him in your life is your expectancy. Your expectancy. This man was lame from his mother's womb. Amen. It doesn't matter how long you've been in your condition. It, it, it doesn't matter what the great physician uh, or what the physician has given your prognosis. Let me tell us today there is a great physician. Amen. Who is able to do. Amen. Great things in our life. But he will never do it without an attitude of expectancy. I want you to know that if you approach prayer with no faith, I want you to know it's possible to do that too. If we are not careful, we will become so church conditioned that, that we box his presence in and confine his moving to what we have perceived him in times past. Amen. And, and, and if we cannot see it happen to remind us Amen. That he is able to do it. Then it will escape us. And we will never believe that it can happen. Today I want you to know that God put me in your presence. To tell you this. That God is a miracle working God. And he's able to reach into your life. I don't care how bad it was. I don't care how bad the condition is. I don't care how bad you're wounded. I don't care how bad you're hurt. I don't care how bad the prognosis is. Amen. The great physician is able to reach into your life. And change you forever. you've got to have an attitude of expectancy and if you're not approaching prayer with an expected heart then nothing will happen amen you know we, I've mentioned this before but it's, it's worth mentioning this again have, have you ever sat at a dinner table and, and blessed the food and then looked at your wife and said did we ask the blessing? Y'all know you have. You ain't just shaking your head yet. Man, Brother Jerry, you ever done that? 
My wife and I shared it. We blessed the food three times before we realized it. Y'all ain't the only ones that do this crazy stuff. But you want to know why we did it, Brother Kevin? We're on autopilot. It's just what we do. Lord, we ask you to bless this food in this day. Bless it, Lord, and nurse for our body in Jesus' name. Pray, amen. Amen. And I'm telling you that it has become so automatic, Sister Amy, in our life that we almost give no thought over the prayer that is being given. We almost give it no consideration, amen, as to we really need God to touch our food and minister, amen, in that area of our life. I want us to understand that if we are not careful, we will kick on autopilot serving God. And our prayer time will become automated. And, and the things that we do will become automated. And our worship will become automated. And the songs that we sing will become automated. It'll become automated. Because that's what we do. And I want you to know that there's nothing wrong. Amen. With that being our response. And that being generated in us. But I want you to know this. That means this, Brother Bennett. We're asleep. We're asleep. How in the world could pastor and his wife bless a meal three times? If that food hurt us after that, we some sad folks. Amen. But this is what we do. I'm here to tell us today that if we approach our prayer life, if we approach the sanctuary, if we approach the presence of God with an attitude of drudgery instead of an attitude of expectancy, then I want you to know you'll receive very little from God. But if you... If you would approach him with an attitude of expectancy, I'm telling you that God would calm the storm of your life. He would minister to the deep wounds of your heart. He would heal you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. God is able. Everybody say, God is able. You know, the the disciples, uh, the Bible tells us that Jesus sent his disciples into a storm. Let me remind us about this. Amen. Sometimes it's the will of God that we have storms in our life, Brother Danny. I don't like it. You don't like it. We don't like it. Nobody likes it, Brother Ellis. But I want you to know that the storms of our life will cause us to do things spiritually that we might not have done if we hadn't been. The storm that he, that he chose to send his disciples in, the Bible said that he lay in the bottom of the ship And the ship was taken on water. And his disciples thought they were going to sink. Amen. And and they would have had. Amen. To an extent the boat would have been filled with water if they hadn't woke up the master. But they woke him the wrong way. And what they said was this. Carest not, not, Lord, that we perish. You don't care that we're going to perish. And the Lord looked at them and said, oh, ye, no faith. You have no faith. I mean, God was not going to let them perish. I mean, the Lord was in the bottom of the ship. They were the disciples of the Lord to become the apostles of God that were going to be the foundation of a great church. But they looked at him and they said this, 
Lord, carest not thou that we perish? Let me tell us today. God is able to minister in your deepest storm, in your worst trouble, amen, in the worst nightmare of your life. God is able to change the situation, amen, that, that it's forevermore changed that you never have to look back into that direction. God is able. This man was lame from his mother's womb, amen, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Amen. It doesn't matter how deep-seated your problems are. God is able to move. God is able to do exceedingly above all. Y'all going to help me tonight if you don't mind? Exceedingly above all. I'd like you to say that if you would. Exceeding above all. I want you to say it again. Exceedingly above all. Now I want you to think about those words. Exceedingly above all. What is greater than that? Is there anything greater than that? In a negative sense, is there anything that God cannot move in? If God is able to do exceedingly above everything... What do we have to worry about? Amen. If he is able to do that, amen, let me tell you this, God can do anything. Now this man who had never taken his first step, amen, God began to move in his life. Peter and John walked out to the man. They looked at him and they said, gold and silver have I none. He looked at them, the Bible said, expecting to receive something of them. Uh-oh. Now, we've got two apostles with expectancy in their life. Meeting one person that needed God to move in his life with expectancy. So now, you have the giver and the receiver... In expectancy. Let me tell you what you've got. You've got a recipe for revival. You've got a recipe for God to move. Amen. I I have prayed for people before. That came to an altar. And when they come to an altar, they would shake their head. I would lay my hands on them. Sister Cindy, and they would shake their head. I'm honest, hundreds of them. I, I would, let me tell you something. You'll never get anywhere like that. Ever. You'll never get the Holy Ghost like that. You'll never get healed like that. God will not minister to your condition like that. Amen. I, I, I'm here to tell you, I know that God can raise dead people from the graves. But I want you to know that he will not move past a faithlessness man. If you have no faith that God will not move. That I want you to know he's not going to move on your behalf. But if you look on him expecting to receive something from him. When you reach out with an expected heart, God can move in your condition. What am I telling us today? 
Amen. God is ready to move in somebody's life if you've got an attitude of expectancy. Amen. Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none. Let me tell us this today. When expectation meets expectation, it gives God an open door to move. Amen. I, I'll never forget. I, we were having revival in this church and, and, uh, God was moving in a mighty way, still is. And Sister Linda Cox had, had prayed through to the Holy Ghost in the baptistry tank back here. Sister Kelsey had received the Holy Ghost at Brother Puckett's church. Amen. And I, I'll never forget, we prayed her mother through that night. She got the Holy Ghost the day after you got it. And uh, I remember we rejoiced, we shouted, we worshiped. And I'll never forget, I told her, I said, you need to get ready. I said, Brother Jack is coming. And she looked at me. She said, Brother Cook, you just don't know how hard-headed he is. Amen. Y'all know any hard-headed people? Don't look around when you answer that. I said, Sister Linda, God can move in any situation. God is able. Yeah, but Brother Cook, you just don't know. She said, oh, Brother Jack, he's a deacon in a Baptist church. He does the baptizing back in Grayville, Illinois. He'll never come to this. I said, you just make room for him. And let's see what God will do. And I remember we were having a service of a lifetime inside of this place. And I walked back to Brother Jack and I began to ask him about the Holy Ghost. And he looked around in this place and I said, is this real? He said, this is the realest thing I've ever seen in my life. I said, do you want the Holy Ghost? And he said, yes, I do. And I said, when do you want it? He said, I want it right now. I laid hands on that man right about where Sister Stacy was and that old Baptist deacon that didn't even believe in it. All of a sudden, in a moment, amen, that expected heart reached out to God and God filled him with a Holy Ghost. I'll never forget, I asked Brother Jack after that, I said, you know what comes next, don't you? He said, boy, do I. He said, I'm the baptizer in my church. I said, what does that mean? He said, that means I've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. He went back to the baptistry tank here and we baptize that guy in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, God can move in your situation. He can move in your families. He can move in your friends. He can bring revival into your house. Oh, all you gotta have is an attitude of expectancy. Peter said, silver and gold have I none. I'm finishing up. But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Amen. Let me tell the church this. You will never give anything away that you do not possess first. Amen. You'll never lay hands on the sick if you don't first have something on the inside of you that will heal somebody. Amen. 
They answered him, gold and silver have I none, but such as I have. Or in other words, such as I possess, give I thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Amen. And immediately he jumped up. No. They reached down and got him by the hand. Let me tell us the job of the church today. To reach down and get hold of folks and pull them to a place that God can move and minister in. Oh, I'm preaching today with an attitude of expectancy. You'll never, ever see God move in a situation of your life if you do not approach Him with an attitude of expectancy. I want the church today to be careful of some things. Do not speak death into your life. Do not speak negativity and pessimism into the areas that God wants to work. And let me tell you, we are all guilty of these things in our life. Amen. Let me tell you, you never look at a child and tell them they'll never amount to anything. You want to know why? Because they won't. Amen. But if you'll approach your children and tell them you can be anything you want to be, honey. Amen. God can make you into something great. Let me tell you, you'll grow up. Amen. With the hand of God upon your life. You have power in your voice. I'm here to tell you today. It is time to make a proclamation that God is going to move in revival. I, I took some down to the Life Center the other day. God has done some great things at this church. We have seen people receive the Holy Ghost by the hundreds. We have baptized so many. I, I can't count. God has operated. This is not because of Philip Cook. Because he, he ain't nothing and nobody. But I took somebody through to our Life Center down there. And I took them into the playground that we had in there. To some that don't mean a whole lot. But let me tell us this. I had been coming to this church less than a year. I went to bed one night. And I had a dream. And I dreamed. Of a playground in this church. Of slides. Brother Briar. Children running and dancing. And playing. I saw it. And, and I, right now, I can remember just a vivid dream that God gave me. You remember, Sister Cook? I woke up and I said, they're coming. I said, I saw them. They're coming. Back then, the average age of our church was 64 years old. We were burying people right and left. And I hear in the middle of that, God gives me a dream. And I saw children by the tens and twenties playing in a playground. Now let me tell you today, that playground that you walk into down the hill, Pastor had a dream about that 19 years ago. And God brought it about. I'm here to tell somebody, you need to hang on to your dream. God has given you a dream about a child, a spouse, a love. You need to stand before the Lord and say, I accept it. I'm proclaiming it. I'm living it. I'm talking about an attitude of expectancy, of 
what God wants to do in this place. Stand with me today. God wants to do in the hearts of people. Hallelujah. God desires to move and minister. The Bible said he took him by the right hand. When expectation reached down and got hold of expectation. Amen. God moved on that man's behalf. I want you to know this. That the job of the church is always reaching for people. Brother Talsman, when we could reaching for people. Let me give the church a word tonight. You better get ready. Because you're going to see some things in 24 that you haven't seen. I'm telling you that in 2024. Hey man, I'm not just speaking of hardships. But there's going to be a revival that's going to sweep throughout the land. Hey man, like you've never seen before. Amen. God is going to move on the lives of people and you are going to see great revival on a magnitude that you have never, ever seen it move. And let me tell you something. When you see this revival, you better look up for your redemption and draw nigh. I'm here to tell you today there's a revival coming. Amen. And God is going to meet a people that are living with an expecting heart and praying with an expecting heart and preaching with an attitude of expectancy. And God is oh, God is going to move in the lives of your lost loved ones. It's time Somebody said what time? It's time for revival. Time for a move of God. But let me tell us today if you're praying with an attitude of drudgery. You're coming to church with an attitude of drudgery. If you're worshiping with an attitude of drudgery. Let me tell you today it's time to climb out of that pit of drudgery. And get in pray yourself into an attitude of expectancy. Because it is revival time. It's time that we see the power of God move. Amen. I'm believing next year that we're going to see Asher filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm believing that with all of my heart. I'm believing next year I'm going to see Jimmy Moreland get the Holy Ghost. I'm going to see Donnie Wood get the Holy Ghost. I'm going to... Oh, oh, I'm here to tell Your children, your sons, your daughters. It's time for revival. It's time for revival. It's time for revival. But we have to live in an attitude, Sister Stacy, of expectancy. We have to walk in an attitude of expectancy. You need to have the attitude that when you walk through the doors of this church, I wonder what God is going to do in the house today. When you wake up in the morning beside your bed. Amen. When you talk to the Lord, you need to tell him, I wonder what you're going to do today. I wonder who you're going to heal today. I wonder who you're going to get me to talk to today. I wonder who's going to get the Holy Ghost in my all. I'm telling us today, it's time for a change in our life. It's time to cast some things aside. It's time to reach into a life of God with a spirit and an attitude of expectancy. It's time, it's time that we the church, 
be the church. Church is just not something that we have. Church, Brother Kevin, is who we are. And I want you to know that the church was never meant to be confined to the four walls of the building. Ever. 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 I got to finish. On the day of Pentecost, it started in an upper room, Brother Jerry, with four walls around the place and the Holy Ghost fell in that building. Let me tell you something. It made its way out of that building down into the streets to where people were making fun of them. They were laughing at them. They were scoffing at them. They were saying, look at them idiots. Them guys are crazy. They're full of new wine. And Peter then preached a message to them. He said, these are men not filled with wine. It's just a third hour of the day. But this is that that was prophesied by the prophet Joel. He said, when in the last day, saith the Lord, I'm going to pour my spirit out. It's time. It's time for an outpouring. It's time to see our family saved. It's time today that we approach everything with an attitude of expectancy. Amen. God will move in an expectant spirit. But if you expect nothing, you will receive nothing. As for me, I've made up in my mind, I'm going to see my lost loved ones come to God. I'm going to see a city reached like we've never reached it before. I'm going to see God, amen, snatch some out of the flames of hell. Why? Because I've got an attitude of expectancy. Amen. And let me tell you, that only comes, amen, by the Spirit of God. Would you lift your hands with me and just love Him, Lord Jesus.